Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Thank you, Pastor David. <clears throat> Sorry, everybody, about the dramatic entrance, but <laughs> if I sit too long, my back seizes up. It just happened last night, so um, it says a lot of prayer has got me here <laughs> this morning, but I'm fine. Um, but you know, as Pastor David was talking um, about the misery that we sometimes see in this world, and by contrast, the fantastic vision that we can have through Jesus of the world that we really, we really have come from and will go back to as Christians. You know, and before um, I, was, I was brought up really in a very religious church. So any, any of those churches were always called Saint something, Saint something. And when I first became a Christian, I thought these churches are called by very odd names, very known religious names. First of all, it was harvest. And I thought, what? That was strange to me. And now the bridge. But see, for a long time now, but especially today when Pastor David was talking about this contrast between what's here and what's there, in fact, what's in our hearts, really, I thought the bridge is a wonderful name for a church because Jesus is the bridge. He's the only bridge between this present life and the life that we're promised. And so I'm so glad that this church is called The Bridge because although I'm going to speak on Everlasting Father, I just wanted to say that because I just got this picture of us walking, you know, as a church along that bridge, but it's really Jesus. Is the, is the bridge, you know, so, um, and because God wanted there to be a bridge. He wanted, he never wanted to let us go, and he still doesn't. So many of us just go, but it's not what he wants, you know, so um, that was just a wee start. <laughs> now, the everlasting Father is a bit confusing because we know that God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And here we're calling Jesus um, in Isaiah 9 verse 6. He's the everlasting Father. And is that not a bit confusing because surely the Father is the everlasting Father. So that's what I hope to, you know, <laughs> help you see. Um, it can cause confusion. How is Jesus called the everlasting Father? When we refer to God as Father, Son, and Spirit, is Jesus not the everlasting Son? So when I'm asked to bring the Word, I begin studying and listening to other people's studies. But at the end of the day, it has to be the Holy, Spirit's, the, the Holy Spirit that transforms a study into a life-giving Word. And we call that a rhema word. So for a while, ever since Pastor David asked me to do this, I had been praying and I had been studying and I had been listening and I had been waiting and asking God for this 
special rhema word, the word that um, means that it's not me, it's, it's the Holy Spirit, it's not me and uh, doing just a study. So sometimes when we pray, and you'll all be able to recognize this, you pray and you wait and there's nothing. And you pray and you wait and there's nothing. And it's as though God is silent. And then unexpectedly, at the most odd time, an answer comes into your, into your mind. So for me, it was, it was just a couple of weeks ago, um, I was at a concert, a carol concert. And in the carol concert, it was, a, it was by a group called Celtish. So they were doing the carols in a kind of Celtic way. And just while I was listening to this in the words of the carols, these words just dropped in. And the words were, it's all about identity, Francis. And I knew that that was it. And so uh, after that, I just waited. And usually I just start to write and <laughs> there's a flow that comes. And so, um, let me get my places, I keep doing this. <clears throat> it's about identity, Francis. That was it, and things began to flow after that. There are two aspects to this title, and both have to do with relationship. First of all, there's Jesus' relationship to the Father, from whom he came as the only begotten Son. Now, begotten means it wasn't made he, he came from he came from the Father. Um, we have all been made, created, but he he was certainly uh, placed in Mary's womb um, in the flesh, but he came forth from the Father. That's what begotten, not made really means. Um, so <clears throat> the only begotten son, and then there's the, his relationship to us as Christians and our identity in him. Once we understand his identity, we can draw our identity from him. In both these cases, our understanding can only come from knowing his word, because he is the word. The title Eternal Father is actually a description of how Christ relates to us. Christ means anointed, and anointed is to do with being appointed. So Jesus came in flesh with the, the job of saving us, and Jesus means saviour, as we all know, and restoring us to our true identity to make us new creations so that we can belong not just to him, but to our Father in heaven. This is a love relationship indeed. As Pastor David talked about giving, you know, that, that is just about giving and God just continues. He's the gift. Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving through the Holy Spirit. You know, the blood keeps on flowing for everybody that needs to be cleansed, that blood is available. Um, and that is our identity as well, his blood. We come through his blood. Psalm 103 tells us that from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. And his righteousness, meaning right relationship, 
is with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. Now, Jim and I, through nothing that we did except pray, we've experienced that, um, that the covenant extending to our children's children. And I can't deny that. That promise has actually come into our lives. As I say, not through us, because we would muck, well, I better just say I, Jim, because you don't muck up as much as I do. <laughs> My children would never have listened to me sitting preaching to them. But it happened through other people, through other situations that they were in, even other countries that God took them to. And they came back saved. <laughs> you know, it's just incredible. And yet, they, you know, when Jim and I became Christians, they were still, um, they were still in a different religion. They must... I mean, often they say that the three of them got together and said, what is happening to our mum and dad? They've joined a cult. You know, there's all sorts of things went on. But Jim and I were so sure that this was right, and yet we couldn't take our children with us at that time because um, we, we were in our 50s. And our children, it's different when you bring your children up and see for those of you who are, in that position, I'm just looking at that lovely wee baby and how wonderful is that to be able to bring your children up as Christians in a Christian environment, you know? That's the most wonderful thing. And I, in fact, that's the question I did ask God. And I said, why did you wait till I was 50? What good am I now to my children? You know, what good? And, you know, there's no answer to that. I would love to have to have taught my children when they were young, you know, all about Jesus. But it wasn't, it wasn't given to us. So um, it's given to some of you, though, and cling on to it. <laughs> so anyway, um, by God's grace alone, over the past 25 years, Jim and I have seen this scripture playing out in our family. All we can do is trust, pray, and obey as the Lord brings this to pass in our families. John 3.36 always makes me think of what a father should be willing to do for his children. It says that whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. Now Jesus, our everlasting Father, he took our punishment on himself. He shielded us from the justified wrath of God. You know, I always think about that, that he stood, and I was listening to a doctor describing the agony of having nails pierced through the, is it the radial nerve in your wrist? Not the palm, but the wrist. And he said, even if it was to save my own child, I couldn't have undergone that agony because I know how agonizing that was. And he said, so it changed his view of the crucifixion altogether. You know, but the, Jesus, as our everlasting father, went ahead of us, went in front of us, and spared us. He took that. What agonies await people in hell, I just do not know, and I cannot even think. But he took that 
we could say hellish agony on the cross to spare us. <clears throat> I remember when Claire and my daughter had a strep throat, um, glandular fever it was actually, and she had to miss her first two weeks of uni. Nothing seemed to help, so in desperation, because she was so ill and I couldn't bear to see her suffer, I got down on my knees, this is when I was still in that religion, got down on my knees and I begged God to give it to me. But you know, God doesn't give us sickness. How can he give us what he doesn't have? You know, it's, it's just, um, and he gets blamed for it, though we know that. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I can understand parents who watch their children suffer. You'd rather take it on yourself. You really would. And um, that's where God is there to help us in these cases, not, not to cause it. And so uh, Psalm 103.13 says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And that means fear just means to reverence him, to hold him in awe. That, um, you know, he is the only awesome God. The only one that we can apply that word awesome to by rights, really. Um, but it, it just means that we worship and we reverence him as much as we can. And so he has a compassion on us and on our situation and on what we're going through. And sometimes we think, how can I go through this? Well, it's because he's enabling you to go through this. He's pouring in strength to you in that situation. He walks through that valley with you. With us, I'm not saying you as opposed to me. I know he's been in the valley times that I've been in, and it, usually it's been self-inflicted, but he still walked there with me, carrying me often. That poem, you know, the footsteps, one set. Why did you leave me, God, at that terrible time in my life? And God said, no, I was carrying you. Those footsteps are mine. <clears throat> so John 10 uh, 28 to 30. It's a crucial verse here <clears throat> where Jesus says, I give them eternal life and they, meaning us, will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. And here's, here's the key. I and my Father are one. That's how we can say everlasting Father. I and my Father are one. Then again in Luke 12, 32, he says, Do not be afraid, little flock. And I think of us. We're a little flock. For the Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. These words surely apply to us as a little flock who are working and co-winning for the kingdom of God to be <coughs> shown to others as it has been shown to us. It was kindness that brought us into the kingdom. Actually, it was the kindness of my cousin introducing us to a different, a different way. And I think it's the kindness of God that leads 
to um, repentance, for people to turn. And repentance just means to turn away, turn away from that life that we were living and turn towards the prospect of a life that even now I'm so excited about this life. I'm so excited about the church. I, I just think, you know, the miserable news that we hear bears no relation to the wonders that God is going to bring about in these terrible times. So get excited about that. And, you know, Pastor David talked about um, our spirit. I sometimes think of, you know, that decoupage, as you call it, where it's like a 3D, well, it's, it's the bottom, then the same picture on top, and then the same picture in the very top, so that I think of that as my spirit, the bottom, then my soul, the middle bit, and then the physical side. And so the physical side is quite tiny compared to um, the soul in the middle and, and the spirit. But at home we have a, a picture that was painted by a Christian girl, and it shows your spirit dancing before the Lord. And you know that expression, are you happy? Well, tell your face. Sometimes, because we know that our spirit is dancing before the Lord, we have to really get our spirit to tell our soul, be happy, soul. David encouraged himself in the Lord, even when he was hiding in a cave. He encouraged himself in the Lord. That was the only encouragement he had, because everything else was against him. But he said, why, oh my soul, are you so cast down? You know, we can't be cast down. We can't let our souls be cast down. The minute we start to do that, and again, we go to a shepherd, because Jesus, of course, is also the shepherd, but there's an analogy here to be made, um, a shepherd and the sheep. Sometimes the sheep wander off and fall down a hole. And then when they get in that hole, they're lying upside down with their legs in the air. How many have ever been in that position? <laughs> Pre-Christian days, perhaps, when we've been lying upside down with our legs in the air. That's what happens to a sheep. And when that happens to the sheep, poisons get into the stomach of the sheep. And the sheep only has a limited time to live. So the shepherd comes along sits down beside the sheep and calms the sheep down because the, the sheep is going all sorts of directions, you know, with uh, panic. So the shepherd calms the sheep down and says, you silly sheep, what's got you into this state? And right away the sheep recognizes the shepherd's voice and only the shepherd can turn the sheep around and he's got a limited time to do it because the poisons are really active in, in the sheep's stomach to kill the sheep. And so the shepherd turns the sheep the right way around. And uh, I thought that was so wonderful because when we are in that state, when our soul is cast down, now our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And sometimes memories come to the soul as well that cast you down, you know, regrets, that sort of thing. And then that's when the poisons come in because that's when the enemy 
has a way in, and the enemy starts speaking to your soul. So I think every day we need to get our spirit who's dancing before the Lord because of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is God. We need to tell our spirit, Lord, tell my soul to be happy. Tell my soul to sing. And so there's so many. I'm going to get these earbuds for Christmas, and I'm looking forward to just hearing music in my ears all the time. Um, to just keep my soul really content and even excited about the future. You know, it's all in the soul, the battle, really. It's the soul we need to, you know, the, the Lord has saved our, our spirit. We have to work with him now for the salvation of the soul. Okay, so now I've lost the place again. Right, uh, <laughs> Christ is leading us through his Holy Spirit. His Father's hand is reaching out to others through us. On the other hand, those who reject Christ have a different father. Now, I'm talking about those who reject him, not those who have never heard of him, but those who choose to go their own way. They have a different father. As Jesus plainly speaks, of this to his enemies, the Pharisees. Remember, the Pharisees were out to kill Jesus or have him killed. They were out to trick him, to um, shame him in front of everybody, and they just could never do it. So John 8, 44, Jesus says, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. You know, that scared me. When he lies, he speaks his native language. That means that he's very articulate in lying. Because it's his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Now, those are Jesus' own words. In the spiritual, we can, only, we can have only... One of two fathers, Jesus or Satan. There's no neutral ground. We can't be neutral. That's a deception that people live under, that they think they're neutral. You know, they're neither for or against. No, if you're not for, you're against. In the spirit, uh, 12.30, that's Mark, uh, Matthew 12.30, he who is not for me is against me. So we can see Jesus as our everlasting Father in the following ways. A, interceding for us with his Father as a parent intercedes for his child, as we've just been interceding. When he watches over us through his Holy Spirit, when he took on himself the punishment meant for us, when by the use of his name, we ourselves have access to the throne room of God and also have authority over the devil. That name is a wrecking ball where the devil's structures are concerned. And God showed me that when, when I wasn't well and I, I was seeing all these structures. I had migraine and, and the visual thing. And all I could say was the name of Jesus because it is the wrecking ball that comes against those structures that the enemy uh, erects in, in our souls. When he leads and guides us in the way that we should go, 
when he teaches us the truth through his word and his spirit, when he comforts us and binds up our wounds. I remember one time, <laughs> this is a fun, it's funny in a way, but I, I didn't know what a panic attack felt like, but it feels like you're taking a heart attack. So I had a panic attack one night. It was so bad that I had to go down to the pavement and walk up and down to breathe in some air because I could hardly breathe. So the upshot was the ambulance was called and I was taken to the hospital. And in the ambulance, the ambulance uh, people went to put a mask, an oxygen mask over my mouth and I just couldn't, I just couldn't bear it. So I actually said to them, look, just let me say the name of Jesus. And so all the way from Salkut, Ardrossan to Kilmarnock, I just said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Every breath was Jesus. And by the time I got there, they actually called me a fraud because they said, your blood pressure, I wish I had your blood pressure. I wish that everything was normal. And so uh, I know that that name Jesus gets us through so much. And I calmed down myself in, in that, at that time. So I could go on, but I know that time's also going on. Suffice to say that the Bible describes Jesus as Father over a hundred times. He is the exact representation of the Father. Hebrews 1 verse 3 tells us that. The exact representation of the Father. All the Father's glory he brought with him when he came among us. Everything Everything about the Father, the Father's nature, the Father's love, the Father's will, the Father's desires, everything was shared among us by Jesus, his exact representative. Because when they asked him, you know, show us the Father, he said, well, when you see me, you see the Father. And our hope in co-winning is that when the people see us in that one-to-one -one situation that can arise in the hub, they'll see where we come from. They'll see Jesus. They'll see the Father. But we can create a distance between ourselves and Jesus. We don't always want to be fathered by him. We can also do this with our natural fathers, usually through wounds inflicted, which is a breeding ground for the enemy's lies. We can actually blame the Lord for causing suffering in our lives, or at least for not preventing it. Our pride prevents us from seeing the truth of where the blame actually lies. And the enemy depends on this pride. It was pride that brought him down, and it's pride that will bring us down through him. Because that's an aspect of him. Jesus says, learn of me. This, this is not in the scripture. Learn of me, for I am meek and humble of heart. Do you think Satan is ever going to be meek and humble of heart? He can't. Pride, pride is how he operates, and it, it's how he fell as well. So, <clears throat> pride is the enemy of true reconciliation with our everlasting Father. Habakkuk 2 verse 4 says, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. And, you know, the just means the justified, those who have been justified, made righteous through Christ. We are to live by faith. 
not by sight. So every time you get an opportunity to live by faith, to put your faith out there, and I don't mean for a bigger house or definitely don't do that, <laughs> for, but for what you need that's lacking in your life, put your faith out there. Faith is a substance, you know, and put that out there for what you need. Not your greeds, but your needs. And they will be supplied, even in this time. By faith, see that God is your source. It's not the government giving you money for fuel. God is your source. And see that. And don't, don't feel that every penny has to be a prisoner. Uh, because I lived that kind of life once. And I was so mean and, you know, stingy. I really was. And the first thing that happened to me as a Christian, I remember, I remember Angela saying one time she gave something to some, somebody in the street and you were, you were tearful because you said, God has made me so generous. Well, that's what he did for me. He made me generous. So that, you know, it gives me more pleasure to be generous than it used to. It used to give me pleasure to save, to save being, you know, to not be generous. Now it's the opposite. That's how I know. You know, I can never doubt that something happened to me that's real. You know, in my worst moments, I have to acknowledge that I'm different than I was, and that's a good thing. Anyway, when we don't have a clear sense of our identity, either in the spirit or the natural, we are at risk of identifying with all sorts of people, groups or philosophies, which do not promote Christ and his kingdom, but which, like the enemy, flatter to deceive. The enemy's into that, and you know yourself that kids that are lost, that don't have a sense of their own identity, wander into these groups, and they're so grateful to be accepted, because we all need to be accepted, but our real need is for the Lord, is for God. We all have a need for God, but we'll, we'll go to what makes us feel good if we don't know him. So let Christ be your identity as you identify with him as your everlasting father. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.